Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Damn. Damn, we lost. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Because in our struggle, I managed to get this. The screenplay for The Looter, the motion picture. Come in. Sir, I'm, I'm not disturbing you, am I? Oh, no, no, simply uh, reminiscing. I do love some classical pieces. Don't you? Green suit goon? I mean, yeah, of course, Mr. Sheridan. Almost as much as I love these green suits that I'm always wearing. Yes. Well, what brings you in, old friend? Well, I, uh, I hate to say it, uh, but I don't come with the best of news, I guess you could say. It's, that's, I do, it's bad news, it's bad news, uh, from the Bears, actually. Mm. You bring peace to the world, and yet I somehow manage to remain as stressed as ever, and the Bears have seen to that. Always bringing the worst of news. The curse of being a god, I suppose. Ah, but anyway, tell me, what is it? Well, sir, um, uh, our sources, the bears, that is, uh, they tell us that, uh, he did it. He found a way to go back in time. Is that so? Well, we could certainly crack time travel, couldn't we? Uh, who, who can we put on that, uh, brown suit goon? Nah, he's out with COVID. Right, yes, I forgot that's still going. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad still. Sir, if it isn't too much to ask, why don't you go? I mean, you probably know him best. <laughs> the man I once knew, the man I wrote Luther the motion picture with, is no more. Ethan Parker Smith is dead. Only Dr. Podcast intro remains. Ugh, just, just, hearing, just hearing that name gives me shivers. I mean, that guy, that guy is a real creep. Uh, that creep, that creep, if you ask me, is a gray day creep too. Hmm, yes. So, should I leave you to do more of that thinking stuff you like to do, or... No, no, Green Soup Goon. I think... I think it's time for us to evolve. For you in particular, I believe. Green Suit Goon, it's time for you to become Green Battle Suit Goon. We're going back in time to stop this madman. Oh, shit! All right, sir, well, right away. <laughs> Is there anything else you require of me before I, before I go and get the battle suit, Green Battle Suit? Oh, yes, uh, one last thing. Play that fucking track.
<laughs> we gotta put this in fucking uh, stereo so then it comes out from opposite sides of people's heads. Oh my god, that'd be crazy. Welcome to the Supple Boys 4D experience. It, it sounds like the Mandalorian. Uh, it's, it smells like the Supple Boys. And it tastes mm. like wood. That's a reference to a conversation from before the recording. <laughs> tastes like wood. Shout out Kavita Master Brew Kombucha and their French oh oak apple flavor for tasting like I'm just munching down on some bark. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy. It, yeah, fiber. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Ethan, it's been fucking ages since we recorded a Supple Boys. What have we been up to besides slaving away for the capitalist industry uh making other podcasts that's one thing not uh, many but not yeah. many but some wrangling mm-hmm. in the two guys that we work for the legendary mm-hmm. comics writers that we work for working mm-hmm. on some comics ourselves potentially mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. taking in some media that we either would or wouldn't suggest to our fans Whoa, that's a perfect time to tell everybody that this week's episode, you know, after you, you guys have been waiting a couple of weeks for a new Supple Boys where we dive into all sorts of cool and interesting things. And this week we're giving you a supersized Supple Suggestions. That's right, folks. It's going to be an hour and 15 of Ethan and I just saying, so I watched this thing. It's pretty good. Well, you know, I would say that's a loose Supple Suggestions because like, some things I may not even really recommend, but I just kind of want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this, we is got kind one... of, this is kind of a Supple Suggestions episode, and it's kind of just a catching up with the boys episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is the first of many uh, Griffin finally watches or reads blank, oh, my uh, episodes, I think. Is uh, it Watchmen, guys? Is it Watchmen? Is that the long-awaited are we Griffin finally, finally read talking Watchmen? About Watchmen? Um... Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> nope. Still haven't read Watchmen. Um, I'm working on it. And mm-hmm. by working on it, He's I working mean... working on learning how to read. That, that episode <laughs> will finally be, call, be called Griffin Learns How to Read. Griffin finally learns how to read. No. Uh, I, I would we can say kinda... it's a bad choice for your first thing, like your foundations of learning how to read to be an Alan Moore comic book. I don't know why you're starting there, but... Um, you know, so I can... So I can work backwards from the deconstruction mm. into the construction. Okay. That's a bold yeah. move. <laughs> well, call me General Kenobi because I am a bold one. <laughs> <laughs> it was so stupid, but you know it made me so happy to fucking say that. I don't know. I just love that movie. I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy. Whoa, Mandalorian spoilers happening right now. Quick spoilers for Mandalorian, because I'd feel really bad if we spoiled it for somebody that actually cared. We just had a little conversation about the Mandalorian right before we did this recording. It's dope. And it's so uh, good. <laughs> season two's popping off. Um, I think the episode to episode like direction is better in season two. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think I kind of feel like the sort of flow of the season, the overarching stuff of the season, less strong. Maybe it's just because we don't quite have the full picture yet. Uh, but honestly, it's kind of like, you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't season two, episode one, it was chapter, you know, whatever it was, 13, right? It, it is more of a continuation and the whole series is more of a, oh, the overarching thing is crossing over the seasons, right? That Boba Fett tease was fucking from all the way back in season one, son of a bitch. Yeah. And they finally delivered and it was fucking awesome. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> All right, everybody, I'm saying it right here. The main conversation Ethan and I had before Hop On was that Mace Windu is going to be in The Mandalorian. That's my Mace hot Windu take. Mace Windu is definitely going to be in The Mandalorian, yeah. And it's going to be sick because him and Boba Fett are going to have... Well, him and Giancarlo Esposito are going to have a sick lightsaber fight. And you also, know we like to make these episodes timeless, and, and I really hope... <laughs> I really hope that this is one of the ones that ages really poorly because the Mace Windu yeah. is not in The Mandalorian. That would suck so fucking bad. But him and both are going to have some beef to settle and it's going to be dope. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So Mandalorian's pretty good. But uh, you know what else I would say is it's a close, it's close. But another TV show that I recently watched. Wait, uh, did for we the say who time, we are? I'm Griffin. I'm one of two <laughs> supple boys. And that's Ethan. I love We are creative partners and best friends. I love that the introdu- introductions to us 
would come after an extended riff as Boba Fett, like where we're both being <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> That's the way we do it here on Supple Boys. It's non-linear. It's a non-linear podcast. Uh. Anyway, as I was saying, um, a TV show yeah. that I recently did you finished. Watch a TV show? I did. Is it a good one? A, a whole one, a whole TV show for the first time. Um, and stop me if you've heard this before, Ethan. Um, but uh, Breaking Bad is the best goddamn TV show I've ever oh, fucking seen in my life. <laughs> Breaking Bad, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. Ethan. We've already we've already chatted about it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never seen Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Never even it's not a not an episode, not more than just like a little clip of dialogue and a Watch Mojo video probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, over the course of several months here, I just kind of spaced it out and took my time and savored all five seasons of Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, and uh, and yeah. The people weren't fucking around. <laughs> they weren't yeah. lying about it, it turns out. Um, it's one of those things that it was like, I heard the hype, and I was like, all right, I bet, I bet it's pretty good, because I'd missed the boat. I didn't watch it in high school. Yeah. Um, and so I'd already heard a whole bunch of stuff about it, and I was like, sounds good. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it. It's got it's got its fans already. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't need me to, to tap in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God damn it, am I glad that I did, because it's fucking phenomenal there's not a bad episode in the bunch there's a couple that are like you know yeah it's fine not a whole lot went down but you know we got a little bit of stuff in this one a couple good sequences mm-hmm. uh but literally not a single episode went by that i was like wow snooze fest that one no. uh it's inc- it's incredible how consistent the show is how yeah. like constantly gripping it is uh how much it's like pulling you in from the fucking jump uh and has just one of the most satisfying fucking conclusions to a TV show I think that I've ever seen. And that's probably what makes it, you know, kind of stick out so much because so many shows just fumble it right at the, yeah. right at the end. Cause like, and, that, uh, like it came about Breaking Bad sticks it so hard. Deads and your game of Thrones is and stuff like the kind of big hyped, uh, like, mm-hmm. like uh, and you can only uh, watch one of those hyped AMC shows at a time. And I was a walking dead fan for a couple yeah. of years. And like those shows, are, those shows are good, but Breaking Bad is like, it, it is like a kind of like a life changing work in my opinion. Like like, like Breaking Honestly, Bad is genuinely, yes. I think it's the best TV show of all time, and it might be the best like just solid piece of writing of, I've ever come across. Like it, it's it's just kind of perfect from start to finish, uh, and like yeah, having such a perfect ending, <laughs> like you were saying, yeah, solidifies its legacy. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> It's one of those, it's one of the best things I've ever seen, period. <laughs> Movies, yep. TV, plays, mm-hmm. fuck it. Breaking Bad's one of the best pieces of media storytelling that I've ever fucking consumed. Absolutely. And, it, and that's crazy, because I knew mm-hmm. it was going to be good. I figured it was going to be good, but I'd only known good as far as some of the good TV shows I'd seen. And this blew every single fucking one of them out of the water. Fuck yeah. I'm glad, I can't you hadn't believe been, it. I'm glad you hadn't been spoiled on it. Yeah, I think I might have known a couple of things. Like, I knew Walt died at the end. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of vague on all the details, and I knew that, you know, there was a cancer diagnosis somewhere in there. The, the whole series is about him <laughs> just walking up to death's door. Yeah. Uh, his reaction, being in the wake of this cancer diagnosis. Being what if in the last episode he found out that... His, Spoilers for Breaking Bad. What if in the last episode he found out that his blue meth, like he had discovered the cure to cancer? <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> that that would that would be how they could have Game of Thrones did, I guess. Fucking Ozymandias, season five, episode fourteen. I don't know, man. I thought about that shit for days. Yeah. Um that was like at the tail end of one of my one of my binges. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking flew through season five because of yeah. course shit's kicked into high gear, especially in the back half of it. Like Oof. once, uh, continued the spoiler alerts here, spoilers for everything we're talking about today, whatever it is. Um, when Hank finds out, it's just fucking go, go, go. And those last eight episodes, I couldn't believe how fucking it's like eight or nine hours of TV and it fucking flew by. It's insane yeah. how fast those episodes feel and how quickly yeah. everything moves. Um, but without feeling fucking rushed or anything like that, it, it all feels so 
natural uh, because of Vince Gilligan's like genius seeding of all these little things, all these dominoes that are going to be knocked down eventually. And as soon as Hank finds out, it's just like, all right, click. And they all just, there they go. There it goes. And in that episode, they fucking, that last one falls and it's like, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. You gave me things that I didn't even know I didn't want to see. Uh, moments that I didn't think were going to be as fucking heartbreaking as they possibly could be. But that episode is a truly heartbreaking work. Um, oh, yeah. Can we talk about Brian Cranston for a second? Um, hot take, Oof. he's pretty good. He's yeah, pretty good. One of the best. In that very episode when he's calling Skyler and he's got to be a total dick to her because uh, he knows the police are listening so he mm-hmm. can absolve yeah. her. And he's like screaming into the phone, but he's like sobbing on the other yeah. end. Uh, son of a bitch! It's too good. Mm-hmm. It's too good, and it absolutely inspired me to. I don't know that you see that, and like you said, it's a life changing work. You're like, I got to make something as good as Breaking Bad one day. <laughs> I don't think it's ever gonna fucking happen, but it could, and I would love to because fuck me, that shit was so goddamn good. It's so good. It's so good. It took me a minute to process it all. Like once I wrapped it, I was like, "Oh my god!" That, like, I just I've I've seen it now. Yeah, and that sucks. I'll never be able to see it again. Bummer. Let me tell but, you, a rewatch like with somebody that hasn't seen it before is, is so gratifying. Like watching it with my yeah. fiance was was an incredible experience. Like it's got that kind of secondhand high that you can still get totally. off of it. That's exactly what happened. Everyone's got a Breaking Bad shaman, it feels yeah. like. And that's that's exactly what happened here. One of my roommates had, had seen it before, and he was like, let's watch it. Um, and uh, I'd love to be watching it with my uh, my younger brother, but um, he's on the other side of the state, and I couldn't I couldn't not tell him about it because I know he's uh, suffering as he's home over the holiday break. So I And said, you don't want Dude. him to start doing drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, watch a show about doing a lot of drugs and making a lot of drugs and understand the drug... I- industry <laughs> and then and then come on back to school and it'll be great but aaron paul oh he's so phenomenal good. we the talked a little bit about Giancarlo el camino Esposito. i, I liked el camino a lot um it's you know people say like it's unnecessary and whatever i mean everything is unnecessary but it's a nice it's a nice little it's a nice extra piece of that story and it's just good yeah. to see more Jesse. Like you didn't get the experience of getting of getting that years after Breaking Bad ended because that's I a bet. totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I love it. Yeah, it's crazy that it took me this long. I guess, but you know, that's kind of what I'm fucking known for. I guess is not watching or reading very important shit until yeah. <laughs> until everybody else has. But I'm honestly very glad I did not see this in high school for the first time. Not that you certainly didn't enjoy it, obviously, but, like, I don't know, being able to, like, fully process, mm-hmm. or at least relatively to a high schooler's sort of a mindset, like, process mm-hmm. everything that's going on in that show right out of the gate, it's, uh, fuck me. The experience of, like, when El Camino, like, the preview for it came out, like, it didn't feel real, like, seeing Jesse, mm. like like driving and and then you see what happens after that like like and mm-hmm. then he's like hiding from the cops like that was one of the craziest like trailer yeah. experiences for me cuz it had been years and and mm. like and it and I never thought we would see what happened to him um mm-hmm. and it's crazy cuz that was totally in the realm of possibility cuz better call Saul was already around but fuck mm-hmm. I just never thought we would get it and then when we finally did it was amazing so like yeah it's a very that, that's that's such a fun little epilogue to the like it really is an epilogue like that's the best way to describe it because it's not there's not a whole lot more rising action in it or whatever it's it's Mm -mm. like an epilogue it's like an addendum right at the end uh absolutely i think is cool yeah i uh i enjoyed it i didn't think there was uh, like i I wasn't blown away by it uh felt like one of the i felt like one of the one of the good episodes of breaking Mm -hmm. bad um, if you like the fly episode, some people hate the fly episode for some stupid Ryan Johnson. Um, Ryan Johnson. Fuck yeah. Of course, that episode's fantastic. It's amazing. That episode, so that episode is like, it uses this sort of comedic bit, which you know Ryan loves getting getting some funnies in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uses it to have Walt explore how he got here. Yeah. <laughs> he takes, it, the whole episode's taken a minute for Walt to literally like stop everything. Stop cooking 
and try and kill this fly. And uh, of course, as he's doing that, he sort of unravels a little bit. That line, that, there's that line in the episode where he's talking about how the fly could uh, contaminate the fucking meth. Mm-hmm. And then they, he says towards the end that they got to get cooking. And Jesse asks, well, what about the contamination? He says, it's all contaminated. Oh, oh. Mm. Son of a bitch. That's so that's good. good. I feel like people, the backlash to that episode was at the height of people becoming spoiled on TV where it was like, everything has to be a mind-blowing like character death every episode you know what i mean like it was that era and so like to have this like slowed down kind of funny kind of introspective like like Mm -hmm. like bottle episode people were like the fuck is this (laughs) nah man that was good shit um yeah that one's pretty fucking great um we we've already talked about how like you getting the fucking theme song the intro stinger at the end of the penultimate episode <sighs> it was it was too good that shit was too good um i don't I mean obviously the whole bit here of course is what else do you have to fucking say about breaking bad like yep. seven years after it ended but i don't know um gus giancarlo esposito fucking incredible i'm so happy he's a mandalorian it's yeah. only it's been it's been great to be watching breaking bad um as Mandalorian's happening and being able to jump back and forth and be like, yeah, it's Space Gus. Let's yeah, go. Space Gus. <laughs> My man fucked the Razor Crest this week. More spoilers for the Mandalorian. Space Los Poyos Hermanos. <laughs> well, you know, I've watched a couple of things recently, Griffin. Oh, yeah? Are they also hu- huge TV shows that have already had their cultural impact? One of them, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could talk about that one first. Honestly, this show is one of the only things that's even kind of filled the Breaking Bad-shaped void in my heart. Uh, mm. Season one of Fargo um, mm. is also some of the best TV I've ever seen. Have you seen it? No, but I know everybody says it's fucking great. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like um, it's amazing, and season two mm-hmm. is also amazing. But I never finished season two. I, I don't know what exactly happened, but my life just fucking got sidetracked, and I never finished season two, um, even though it's incredible. And so I've been going back and watching season two again, um, and uh, and we, uh, particularly because I saw that season four has started. And season three has a couple of my favorite actors in it. It's Ewan McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, and, and so I'm like, well, fuck, what have I been doing? Uh, and so I went back and I'm watching season two again. God damn it if that's not just one of the best shows. Like, it's it's so good. Um, mm. And it's so, like, it's like Breaking Bad in the sense that, uh, like, you watch a lot of, like, crime shows and stuff like that. Like, a lot of dramas, a lot of... Uh, I don't even, I, I guess, yeah, like specifically like those kind of drama crime prestige TV shows. And so many of them don't have the kind of thing that Breaking Bad and Fargo have where it's this weird sense of like comic slant where where everything has this layer of like kind of like it wants to make you laugh or scoff or have a strange reaction before you get fascinated. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like Like sure. it always wants to put you on the back foot. And Fargo, mm. Fargo is constantly intriguing and in like in this dark humor and this playful nature to it. Um, mm-hmm. Like it does some of the darkest shit you've ever seen, but like it does it with this way of like you feel the show kind of playing with you. And uh, in the sense that, and I'll tell you this, um, you should watch it. But I'll tell you mm-hmm. this: this is a, just an interesting tidbit that kind of like gives you a little eye into what's interesting about the show. So, have you ever seen the movie Fargo? Nope. So they the the TV show does the same thing the movie does where they all each episode starts by saying this is a true story and then mm-hmm. um, and that'll fade in over the the footage and then and then another message will fade in and it's like um, the events depicted in this are exactly how they happened in whatever year and then it's like the names of the survivors have been changed or whatever but none of it's a true story at all but when it mm-hmm. says this is a true story it like expects that you've looked that up and it like fades out and just the word true is left on the screen and then that fades away and it's like playing with this thing of like 
um, these kind of secondhand accounts of the characters. And, like, it's hard for me to describe without spoiling it, but, like, in season two, it kind of gets even more meta with the whole, this is a true story, and is this referential of real people? And, and, and I don't know, it's just fascinating the way, the kind of way that it gets metatextual on top of telling a really fascinating grounded crime story. Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's just this level of writing that I aspire to where it's like, yeah, you can tell a, gr- a great story, but then, like, what if on top of that, you're also, like, just, like, playing around with your audience's expectations and, like, and like messing with, like, the format of it in interesting ways. Totally. And, um, and, yeah, it's fascinating. Season one is has incredible performances by Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton. Um, and then season two uh, has so many great actors in it, but uh, not the least of which is someone we're very familiar with as massive Raimi fans. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is incredible in season two of Fargo, um, along with her real life husband, Jesse Plemons, who you just saw in El Camino being great. Um, So goddamn awful. He's really good. good, And they're so good together in Fargo season two. Um, He's so good. He's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort Um, of soullessness in his eyes in that show. mm -hmm. Well, is he dumb? Is he super smart? Super evil? What the fuck is up with that guy? Yeah. I think he's Weird. he's a bit dumb, but he's also very strategic, and he's a total psychopath. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. So just that's an incredible show, and it's also a show that, like you said, has kind of I think passed the peak of its cultural relevance. Uh, but anybody that hasn't seen at least the first two seasons, like uh, I'll sign off on that. You should go watch those. I'm hoping season three and four are great. I've heard kind of mixed things about four, but the thing is it's had the same showrunner all the way through and he's incredible. Noah Hawley, who also did Legion and stuff. Um, mm. And so he's amazing. So I'm, I'm really hoping for great things from the other two. Uh, but yeah, nice. I got other shit to talk about. You want to talk about something else? You want to do your other TV show? We can get our TV show block out of the way. Cause I get, I just got a lot of music after this. Oh yeah, my next one's not a TV show so much as it is a movie. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, this is a this is a a movie that my fiance saw uh, on Netflix and then introduced me to, uh, and I was like, "That's going straight to my fucking supple suggestions notes because it's so 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 good," um, and it's very different than Breaking Bad or Fargo. So let's switch it up a little bit. Um, all right. This is a Netflix movie called... It's the Bo- bad. It's bad. It sucks. No, it's great. It, this is a Netflix movie called The Boys in the Band, um, which uh, the title, I'm like, I had no idea what to expect from, from it, and it's nothing like anything the title would have even put in my head. So it's based on a play, which I called as soon as it started, um, because the characters are, like, walking around in this one apartment, just kind of, like, throwing dialogue at each other, and I was like, this was a stage play. Um, yep. And, uh, and it very much was. Um, it was a, a huge, huge, huge Broadway play. I'll just read the Wikipedia thing. Um, it's a play by Mark Crowley. The play premiered off-Broadway in 1968 and was revived on Broadway for its 50th anniversary in 2018. Uh, the play revolves around a group of gay men who gather for a birthday party in New York City and was get groundbreaking for its portrayal of gay life. The play has been called, quote, a true theatrical game changer. The boys in the band help spark a revolution by putting gay men's lives on stage, unapologetically and without judgment, in a world that was not yet willing to fully accept them. Uh, it was adapted into a feature film in 1970, likewise one of the first focusing on the lives of gay men, and readapted as a 2020 feature film with the 50th anniversary Broadway cast, all of whom are gay, are out gay actors. Um, so, like, just this year, there was this huge Broadway revival of it, and then mm-hmm. those actors then did the Netflix movie, uh, which was, and, and there, there's like this quick little like 30 minute documentary on Netflix that kind of shows you all this stuff. Um, but it's got an incredible cast, not all of whom are like uh, huge names necessarily, but like I recognize most of their faces. Uh, but the two big names in it are Jim Parsons is the main character. Uh, okay. And of course, everybody knows <clears throat> yep. Jim Parsons from the Big Bang Theory, but don't hold that against him. Uh, <laughs> yep. yep. It, was cra- it was crazy watching him in this because like he is acting his ass off in this thing. And it was nice. just so funny because I was like, it's great to see him doing something that he gets to be good in uh, <laughs> because yeah. he is great. Yeah. And the Big Bang Theory is, doesn't do him justice. Um, and, and then the other major role in it is played by Zachary Quinto. Uh, and oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Who is the fucking best. I love Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, 
And then there's a lot of other great actors. Matt Bomer, people might know. I think he's in like White Collar or whatever. Um, Charlie Carver had this little part in The Office that I recognized him from. Uh, it's just this great ensemble cast. Um, and it's just an incredible, incredible thing to watch. And like it might like take a minute to settle on you when you start it because you like it very much does feel like a stage play. But the mm-hmm. cast is like so charming and the dialogue is so fucking like sharp and, and it's so funny and like interesting and it escalates in such a fascinating way that by the end I was like so emotional and I was like so grateful that I saw it. It's like one of those things. Um, nice. Fuck. It, it's so good. And I like I cannot recommend any higher uh, than anybody watch it. And then and then also watch the little doc thing for, on, that's on Netflix about the writer and the Broadway version of it and stuff. Uh, just one of the best things I've seen this year and just in a very long time. It's, it's, it's fantastic. When did you say that play premiered? The 60s? 50s? Yeah, 1968 was the original, yeah. Uh, and, and you can tell, like, it, it Props takes to place him, man. then. That's good shit. Um, and the dialogue is very 60s. Uh, but, like, I think they've probably sharpened it up a little bit for this, this, this newer version. Um, is this... Is the movie modern? Is this version? No, it takes place the in movie? the 60s. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay, it's very cool. like important to it that it takes place in like this, yeah. the, the gay community at that time and the way that it kind of like cuts out this slice of their lives from that period of time uh, and really shows just how fucking awful of a time it was for uh, yeah. anyone uh, gay. And, and, and so it, like it, it, it's fascinating to watch and everybody in it is incredible. Uh, what a fucking piece of work. These are three great things we've recommended. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I actually forgot. I did watch a movie. Um, yeah. I don't know why I hadn't seen it before, uh, but I finally took the time to, because I guess probably because it just wasn't like readily streaming and I just didn't go out of my way, but uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, Taika Waititi's <gasps> film, has been on Netflix, and I watched that, and uh, it was so fucking good. Oh, I love so Taika good. so much. <laughs> it's so good. What the so fuck? Good. Taika, like, it, it, uh, it always feels weird to say this sort of shit because, you know, he's making blockbuster Marvel movies now, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man, Taika Waititi, definitely a front runner for one of my favorite directors. I just fucking love everything he does. He's, his voice is very similar to the sort of, I'm not comparing myself to Taika Waititi, I promise, but his sort of shit is the, is the type of shit that I fucking love the most and absolutely love to absolutely. try and like taika is i think work. taika is my favorite director and and like i like thor ragnarok a lot but I, when i say that i'm specifically talking about his movies because like i mm-hmm. think what we do in the shadows hunt for the wilder people jojo rabbit like those are like the funniest movies i've ever seen and, and jojo they men should be funny but also i mean uh, what we do in the shadows less so but jojo rabbit and hunt for the wilder people have such good heart to them absolutely. as well absolutely. it's and insane devastating as well yeah, really yeah. upsetting sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and so his his tonal balance is so fucking good, man. Like, the way that he does it in mm-hmm. For the Wilder People and Jojo Rabbit, the way that he can kind of masterfully move from these hilarious beats to mm-hmm. these, like, thought-provoking, uh, like, scenarios that you're finding these characters in uh, and these conversations that they have with each other. His voice is so fucking good for all the characters. Yeah. God damn it. Motherfucker, he's so good. And... I think you can feel some Raimi influence on his stuff. Like a lot sure. of his stuff, especially in his, like the way he likes to move the camera feels sure. very fucking Raimi. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, once all this MCU stuff starts going again and they're doing press and everything, I wouldn't be surprised if he name dropped him maybe, but yeah, Jojo rabbit fuck yeah, hunt for the wilder people ever. And hunt for the wilder people has everything that Jojo rabbit has as far as just being devastating, being, just absolutely hilarious like the performances are so good it's such sam a, neill's it's a, fucking fantastic are you kidding me yeah and the movie just goes it's such a breeze of a movie those chapter titles really fucking make it like feel like it's just moving by oh so good yeah god damn it i don't know what else to say other than it's charming and uh hilarious and heartfelt and sad and how, how does he also do so beautiful and it's beautiful it's beautiful, yeah, absolutely. The fucking I don't know if they did actually film in the Australian or sorry the New Zealand bush, but they definitely looks like they just did. And I if, his movies I make you feel did. like you're in his head, where like you feel his sense of humor so distinctly, but you feel that he's such an intelligent dude, and he's like got his head wrapped around these very like 
Like he can just he can display such emotional things with such power that like it'll really hit you. But then like he is an seems to be an ultimately like optimistic dude. So his movies are very beautiful and they kind of leave you feeling like this very special feeling. It's hard to describe. He's but he's just amazing. Yeah. God damn it! I love Jojo Rabbit so much. It's so good. <laughs> I'm so glad he won uh, that uh, best adapted screenplay. Absolutely. Um. Um, y'all know I like, uh, I like myself some music. I was just telling Ethan before this call, I felt like shit and I was just laying in my bed, just listening to some stuff and going through and finding some new works. Um, mm. and one of my suggestions Look at here Beethoven is Beethoven over here. Yeah. Well, what can I say? You know, call me, uh, call me a fan of music because I am a fan of music. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a group called Okie Dokie, um, and I've they put out their fourth their fourth album, Once Upon One Time, um, last month or it's it's December now, Griffin, um, sometime in October I believe it was, and that's just a fun album. Um, I uh, I really like their sound. They got a kind of funky some funky sort of vocals going on in there. Um, and it's just uh, the whole the whole vibe of it is kind of right up my alley. And uh, once upon one time, had just a, a shit ton of bangers on there. Um, Dreamers and throw me a bone. Um, these are all classic songs that you know and love, Ethan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just I don't know what else to say. It's my my ability to um, discuss music is is. Not as strong as my ability to discuss uh, more visual forms, Same, yeah. but um, yeah, I think that was a rump. I can go through and uh, go with just straight into my other one, which was um, I always want an opportunity to become more musically educated me because too. I feel um, I often feel embarrassed talking about music because I know so little about it. Like I know what I like and don't like, obviously, mm-hmm, but I'm just mm-hmm. so like like I'll watch like a music reviewer on YouTube, like Needle Drop, and I'm like. I just it feels like it's not my world and I want it to be but I don't know how to it's yeah. there, it just feels so vast that it's like hard to tap into. Well, there's something about it that's like um because obviously you have to be you have to look into it. You got to study it. Um yeah. it's it's the only way you're really going to learn how to have like take part in the discourse and uh, yeah. and music more so than visual arts, I think. Um is like learning another language. Uh, and so to be able to, um, I think succinctly and, uh, wisely discuss music and not sound like a fucking idiot, you really got to do understand sort of all facets of it. And that like takes a a lot of fucking work. I feel like, um, so music theory, a little outside my fucking wheelhouse, but I I agree completely. I would love to learn more. Um, going into though immediately this next little uh, suggestion, uh, guys, why did why the fuck did it, like we kind of collectively just pass over Childish Gambino's last album? I feel like um, <laughs> I didn't. I I do feel like people slept on it. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Like it came out like right at the start of you know most lockdowns. I think um, it was like late That's March. Dope. I I know I had just fucking locked in for uh i think it might have been like a week or something to lock down at that point mm-hmm. um and it just popped up in the middle of the night and i was like i'm take a listen to this and just laid there listened to the whole thing through mm-hmm. and what the fuck it's just full of great tracks i feel like Absolutely. just because it wasn't awaken my love um people were just like eh, well, i think he whatever. dropped it kind of in kind of this mellow fashion as well like like i feel yeah. like it was kind of a low-key release as opposed definitely, to what definitely. he's been teasing on Twitter recently. It's, but it's, those? but it's, I haven't. No, because he, uh, he, he, he tweeted what... recently because he never tweets like ever. Mm-hmm. And when he does, mm-hmm. he deletes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he dropped on Twitter just a few days ago, or I guess it was, wow, well, never mind. It was like a month ago, but you know, that's how time works right now. Um, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, he like retweeted somebody something and then he said while i'm here atlanta season three and season four are going to be some of the best television ever made sopranos only ones who can touch us and then he said last music project was probably my best but the one coming will be my biggest by far listen to new ancient strings outside 
there is a lot of magic coming. Y'all thought I was hot in 2018. Fuck yeah. All right. Man, I fucking love Donald Glover. <laughs> he's too. too good. Too. I love because like you listen to his early stuff and he's constantly dropping fucking Star Wars references. And then my man got to play Lando and he mm-hmm. killed it. Uh, yeah. Bring him I back. I just watched Community for the millionth time. He's he's just mm-hmm. he's amazing. He's too good. Yeah. Um. So then when he says his last his last album was his best, is he referring to three fifteen twenty or is he talking about Awaken My Love? I think he was talking about 31520 because that's been out for a while and he said last well, one. So. Fuck yeah. Listen, it is. Algorithm 2419, 3222, 3531, 4226, which is the reskin of Feels Like Summer, which, like, god damn it, mm-hmm. is that just a vibe immediately? Mm-hmm. Um, and 4740 uh, are all, like, standouts for me. Um, and I just can't believe that, like, I don't know. I feel like I didn't see anybody talking about it. Did you say 3531? Because uh, that one's a fucking bop. Yes, yes. I love that song. That song, did that give you the impression that maybe he wrote that for one of his kids? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's it's so cute. It's such a, like, yeah. sweet song. I love it. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to, I don't know, like, I just recently kind of, because it fits the sort of tone of this current playlist that I'm doing. Um, and so I revisited it and I was like, what the fuck? This, mm-hmm. There's so many good tracks in this shit. So I don't know if for some reason you haven't listened to it or if maybe you gave it a listen once and you thought, meh, I don't know, maybe go back to it because I think, um, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised cause it's fucking phenomenal. Cause I don't know, that dude's a genius. Yeah. Awaken My Love is fucking fantastic. There's another one for you. Absolutely. <laughs> you got more stuff? Um, shit. Yeah. Lots of stuff. You want to talk about more stuff? <laughs> yeah, let's actually have a musical interlude right here. Um, oh, just a random one? Talk- <laughs> yeah, this is maybe the middle of the episode or the 75% mark of the episode. I don't fucking cool. know. Um, but it's not going to be either of those two suggestions. What is it going to be? I don't know. Let's take a listen right now. Here it is. It's good. Think about you Prepare to leave my body when the time it comes through Loving on you till the time it comes through Why you always hate to break bread Think about the way that you will feel if never said Joke's on you when it's time to come through No, that wasn't Okie Dokie you just heard. No, that wasn't Childish Gambino. Um, there's an artist, his name's Still Woozy, and, um, man, do I fucking love Still Woozy. My man's dropped, like, six songs total over the course of the past, like, (laughs) year, couple years, whatever it's been. Um, and you just heard his song, Goodie Bag. Uh, and, I don't know, man, talking about vibes? That was, uh, that was one of my, uh, quarantine, like, go-to tracks, uh, in, in terms of, like, all right, need to feel good, need to get myself in a kind of positive mindset and I just need to bounce around the room a little bit. Fuck and uh, Goodie Bag was that track for me this spring. Um, and it's been a consistent uh, jam ever since. So highly recommend checking out the rest of Still Boozy singles, Lucy and his most recent one, BS. I fucking love those too. Um, it's got several other fantastic ones. So um, so glad I could finally get him in here get him in the supple boy jams playlist on spotify check it out it's growing it's getting so good i love popping it on every once in a while because you'll be listening to uh a track that ethan picked and he's got his own vibe and then one of my tracks comes in and it's great and then star wars is playing suddenly and then i don't know then there's a song where someone's singing my name and it's (laughs) it's so fucking good um Still woozy, goodie bag. I said that Taika's films are like getting into Taika's head. The Supple Jams playlist is like getting in our heads. <laughs> yeah. All right, you got some more Supple suggestions, it sounds like. Um, yeah, I like I have a couple of comics and a couple of podcasts. Uh, Comics-wise, real quick, um, my favorite stuff that's come out recently has, has been uh, mostly Jeff Lemire's uh, Black Hammer stuff. He, like... Uh, his main holdover once the main Black Hammer series ended was uh, the series Skulldigger and Skeleton Boy, um, which is pretty disconnected from the main Black Hammer series, but it's so good. It's just kind of this this grim take on kind of a Batman and Robin situation. 
um, mm-hmm. and it's so fun and so great. Um, but uh, two new series uh, started over the last uh, several weeks, uh, one of which is Colonel Weird Cosmogog. Um, and it's holy like shit, if it's Cosmic not Gog. like one of the best entries into the fucking Black Hammer universe, he keeps doing it. And like, it's really fun because Colonel Weird is this character in Black Hammer where he's this like Adam Strange kind of guy, like like an old timey like space adventurer, but he's like mm-hmm. old as fuck and he clearly got fucked up from his space adventures. So he's like crazy and he's always muttering shit that doesn't make any sense at first. And then you find out later it did make sense because he's mm-hmm. experiencing like all of time at once. And so um, good. and so like That's sometimes so you'll good. see him like yeah foreshadow stuff and in this book it's from his perspective and so the book is that you're you're experiencing his childhood and teenage years and adulthood and then old manhood all at once so you're bouncing between the different eras of his life and it's uh, it's so good it's real cool man um it's it's a real like obviously Jeff Lemire is great and I've always uh, I've always sang his praises the art is by Tyler Crook. Uh, and he makes the book look absolutely gorgeous. Um, and then, yeah, as if I, that... uh, go ahead. I've read it's a, it was a bummer. I didn't get to be on the, um, the mm. book club episode talking about, uh, black hammer. I've yeah. read the first two volumes and, yes. um, fuck. It's That's good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Literally every black hammer comic is, uh, amazing. And it's just such like a perfect, like little superhero universe with all these different facets and stuff that just keep growing oh, yeah. and growing. Um, mm-hmm. and then as if all of that wasn't enough, there's another, he, there's another series that just had its first issue come out, uh, about Barbalian, uh, called Barbalian Red Planet. Um, and this one, uh, the story is by Jeff Lemire and Tate, uh, Bromble or Bromball. Uh, and then the script is actually by Tate Bromball. Um, and then the artist by Gabriel Hernandez Walta. It's also fucking great. And it's, you know, similarly to the boys in the band thing, uh, that I recommended a little bit ago, this thing takes place. I don't know what exactly year it takes place and I don't know if it says the specific year, but it's like during the AIDS epidemic and stuff. And so like you're seeing that past and you're seeing it through the lens of Barbalian uh, because of course like he is a gay character and like he deals with a lot of like, you know, religious like shame and stuff. And, and so it's just like really cool and fun to, I mean, obviously it's not a fun issue, but it's like, it, it's such a fun character. And so to see all of that heavy shit through that lens is really cool. Um, Fuck, Black Hammer's awesome. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Catwoman number one came out this week. Uh, Tom King's done a lot of Batman. Uh, and yes, then he, he got off and he was gone for a bit. And Batman Catwoman seems to be kind of the wrap-up to whatever, everything he was trying to do in Batman. And it is a really fun start to a story. Brings back the Phantasm from the animated series. Yeah, um, yeah, he's been teasing that for ages. And that's been ooh, super yeah. interesting to me. I, did, I haven't read, um, if any... Not much of his Batman run. I do think okay. I read the beginning of it. It's um, worth the getting into, yeah. Like, you'll and, breeze uh, through it. His books are so breezy. Yeah. Um, I want to keep reading Strange Adventures. I've been... Um, I, yeah. I was slacking after issue one because then yeah. there was the publishing stall and everything, and I wasn't even sure what was going on. But... Right. Um, yeah, he's been teasing Phantasm forever. I've been just seeing it on Twitter. Um, yeah. And that's so interesting to me. I fucking love that. It's dope, Mask yeah. of Phantasm is fuck yeah so good it's dope uh uh his um artist he's working with on there clay man fuck one of the best in the biz he's so good (laughs) too good too fucking good Um, i love seeing uh seeing his stuff on twitter yeah obligatory mention of donnie and ryan stuff king and black we talk about it a lot on stegman as amazing friends but okay okay guys no fucking seriously though (laughs) like it is away from the boys i can't fucking believe it they like, we knew it was going to be big. Yeah. But fuck me. Yeah. Even even we didn't understand. We were like, oh, shit. After we read issue one, it was just like, God, guys. <laughs> you, you weren't fucking around. Yeah. This is one for the fucking books, man. Those guys just hauled off and just made one of the best Marvel events ever. It's crazy. Um, How do they do it? It's an amazing How time for it? comics, and a lot of that is due to our comics dads, and I'm very proud. Mm. Uh, to, to be in association with those boys. Um, Donnie's doing a lot of other great stuff, of course. Um, his uh, Thor is popping off. Are you caught up? I haven't re- I haven't started Prey yet. Um, I'm oh, you haven't? Okay, well, fuck. I won't spoil it. I know. But, I know. What, I know. but what is done in it with Donald Blake yeah. is yeah. 
wild. Um, and I like Donald Blake a lot and stuff, so it was cool to see him back at all. And then what Donnie does with him blew my mind. I was like, what a crazy fucking cool idea. Like mm-hmm. it's it is it is sick. Um and that's so that run's clearly just gonna get better and better. Um guys, read Star Wars Darth Vader if you like the prequels, because it's just every issue is just having Darth Vader run up against prequel shit. You've uh, told me everything that's happened in in however many issues of it have come out and like every single time an issue comes out you'll send me like yep did this and this month in darth vader and i'm like why the fuck am i not reading this book this shit is fucking awesome yeah yeah they just keep having him run up against like stuff from naboo from the phantom menace and then like padme's uh handmaidens and 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 decoys and whatever and then like just like He's he's fighting like like literally everything from the prequels like and then and then fucking Ochi from the sequel trilogy shows up and Vader mm-hmm. fights him on Mustafar and then at the end of this most recent issue we get the fucking Eye of Webbish Bog, uh, the man from the deleted fucking scenes of <laughs> Rise crazy. of Skywalker, which um, by the way they they've talked about in the special features of Billion Signs that they like shot that shit it's there it's real why the yeah. fuck wasn't it on the release I want to see that shit I think Come there's on, some weird now. shit behind the scenes man there's some there's some infighting there's some controversy I think um but what a time to be a Star Wars fan dog like if you're not mm-hmm. getting enough fan service in in Mandalorian Charles is introducing a whole new era in the High Republic and and Greg Pak is just pandering to the prequel lovers and Darth Vader we are now like pretty much a month out, uh, almost to the day uh, from yeah. Light of the Jedi, and I'm so fucking excited. Um, yeah. Like we said on the on our episode of Stegman and His Amazing Friends, our show that we do for Ryan Stegman, we did an episode um, this past week with Charles Soule where we talked all about Star Wars. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's great, especially if you like Star Wars. Um, yeah. Also, Ryan's got a hilarious fucking story in there. He sure um, does. Um, but we then- were... Uh, um, You've you've read the chapters that have been released of Light of the Jedi. Have, yeah, I'm saving myself. Either it's way, it's it's very fucking exciting. I it's love your reactions from it and everything ahead of time. It's getting me so excited. It's fun. I'm very excited. Uh, last thing, Spider Man. They're following up one more day. Nick Spencer, he's doing it, and he's uh, doing it. I called after it years all of being like, beginning. is he is he doing it? Not from and the the, we finally got here, and it's like, no shit, he's doing it. Yeah, God and I'm damn. so proud because as soon as Harry was revealed, I was like, I know what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. dope. Uh, and and I it's dope, wait. and Patrick Gleason's pencils are through the fucking roof. Patrick All Gleason's time great Spider-Man yeah. artist right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we both agree on that. Um, totally. Got some big-ass bagley eyes. He's oh, like bagley fucking... mashed with David LaFuente, mashed with like... Mm. Mm-hmm. like maybe Stuart Eminem like just like some kind of like fucking incredible mashup of just some of the greats um because like I would say his um some of his like because they're doing all the dreamscape stuff and like his spider-man looks like a mash of La Fuente and Bagley I think totally but like his layouts and uh I don't know his just like his eye mm-hmm. um and I don't know how much of it is Gleason how much of it is um, whoever's on colors and inks and, or maybe is coming down from Spencer himself on how you know, like determining the look, but fuck me. That book has I mean, gotten and, he, and I've always known he was amazing. Like his first couple issues of Bendis's action comics were gorgeous. Like I was gushing mm. about them, but then like him being on Spider-Man, I'm like, did not know I needed this so bad. Yeah. No uh, shit, man. But no also shit. I did know how bad I needed a follow up to one more day. So it's very exciting. The preview for the next issue is unbelievable. I'm like Spencer, the 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 stones on this guy. <laughs> the stones on him. Um crazy to be getting a follow-up to this event that's like such a pivotal part in like I think our yeah, like spider history, right? Yeah. Because we're kind of just come at least that's around the time that I was like starting to pay attention to like the comics maybe like as they were coming out i certainly wasn't like going to stores and like i didn't have a pull box at in in third grade um but i remember all the brand new day stuff like coming out when i would stop in at the stores and um and i have a fuck ton of brand new day issues still um because that's just the shit that was getting me into it and then you know of course big time following it up and so to be getting a follow-up to an event that's like right at the dawn of been almost 15 uh, years Mm -hmm. uh a follow-up to an event that was the 
the dawn of Spider-Man comic reading yeah. for me. Um, it was really fucking interesting. And he's killing it, honestly. And it's been uh, the I'm ghost really that's it. haunted every bit of Spider-Man since then. And and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just fascinating. Because it also, like, obviously, One More Day was meant to be this reset. And then we could kind of move on and do more stuff and newer stuff. But, like, I feel like the most interesting story you can do at this point is a follow-up to one more day because like one more day seems like the first half of the story. Like it's like, it, it's, totally. it's, it's set. It just begs to be, to be addressed. And, and I, and for years there's just been little references and little mm-hmm, mentions. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it's so cathartic to finally see like this direct, like, Oh my God, that's the scene from the yeah. first brand new day issue. Like here we yeah. fucking are. Well, Slot was clearly, you know, whether it was mandated or not, who fucking knows, but Slot clearly, like, wasn't super interested in, in tackling yeah. that. He yeah. obviously had literally 10 years worth of plans that he wanted right. to get to first, and so... Um, and he wanted and, to you know, fucking, he, you know, see new ground and do new shit, which, like, fucking good yeah. on him. And, uh, and so Spencer being the first person <laughs> to take over for him, literally, almost since Brand New Day started... Yeah it's finally like all right now we can get into it let's fucking go and i think and, a lot uh, of people are expecting good. and wanting on what it to be the undoing of one more day and i think it's very very possible that it will be since in spencer's first issue like he puts pete and mj back together but uh, but it could be something much different than that and i and but what's so exciting is just that like we're doing it like like we're addressing yeah. it it's here we're following it up so good shit i'm excited, so fucking man. so fucking dope and talking about spider-man I like Spider-Man. Um, my roommate just uh, earlier this week, uh, last week, time, fuck it. Um, he finally snagged a PS5. Oh and so um, little by little, I've been able to uh, chip away at Miles Morales. And uh, game's beautiful. Uh, they've managed to somehow further the perfection of the fighting mechanics from the first game. The suits are fucking dope, man, mm-hmm. because Miles obviously doesn't have quite the uh, quite the gallery that Pete has a- acquired right. over 50 plus years. Um, but they've gone ahead and designed some just fucking bomb designs um, mm-hmm. for this game. And it's just a joy to unlock them as you go, because you're these are Spider-Man suits you've never fucking seen. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's really fucking sweet uh and also of course that spider-verse suit i was like that's gonna look dope playing it in 4k <laughs> and uh what do you know it looked fucking sick so yeah, uh, yeah there's my there's my hot take get yourself a ps5 and play the spider-man game it's pretty get good get yourself a ps5 um i've been dipping in and out of a lot of podcasts so i'll just address that real quick by the way i've had a lot of heartbreaking encounters with trying to get a playstation 5 it has been truly yeah. disheartening um, yeah. but you know it'll happen one day one day i'll meet the right store and, yeah and it'll and happen for it'll me. all just fall into place yeah yeah um listen i've been listening to a lot of pod save america because there's a lot going on in the country mm. right now and pod save is america it? is a good show and if you like politics you're probably already into it i listen to it literally every episode as soon as it comes out at work um and their network crooked crooked media um has a really great news show that i really like uh, called what a day uh that is just like a really nice breezy like 20 minute news show um that comes out every morning and so that in conjunction with a little bit of cnn a little bit of philip defranco on youtube it's great shit it's a nice way to start your morning make sure you know all your shit um but uh yeah that's those have been really really nice i really like mission log i've been sprinkling in a lot of mission log because i'm just i'm i don't know how i became the world's biggest star trek fan but it's happened uh, nice. and I'm just constantly watching Star Trek. <laughs> um, and Mission Log is a really nice companion to it. Um, that's from like the Nerdist Network, I think. Um, and uh, they're they're really great over there. They're really like, I like the way they break shit down because like they they give you so much behind the scenes info, and then they talk about like the messages and meanings of everything it, it, rather than being like super lore heavy. Um, mm-hmm. it, like they get into like, what is the intent of this? What does it mean? What it like, you know, um, what are the themes and shit? So it's kind of like very much from a story perspective for each episode. Um, and it's also not a very like nerdy podcast. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a show where 
it's like it's like you and me like gushing about shit. They stay yeah. really professional, yeah. and they like all right. That's uh, the other yeah. way to do it. Yeah, it's interesting, um, and and it's good for a show like Star Trek uh, because Starfleet demands professionalism. Um, I've been uh, I've been dipping in a little bit to the Bechtel cast, which is a really great show uh, where these ladies uh, examine. Uh, popular movies and they they like uh take a look at the female representation in those movies see how they hold up to the Bechtel test uh and mm. that kind of scrutiny uh and spoilers a shit ton of movies do really bad on that metric yeah, uh, yeah like so bad um the episodes with Lindsay ellis on them are really entertaining she's on there for independence day and she's on there for phantom of the opera and those are really great episodes ah. um I like those because she's very famous for her relationship with Phantom of the, the Opera. Opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, actually, from, thanks to our friend Gemma retweeting stuff about it, I dipped in on "Till Death Do Us Blart," uh, where every <laughs> Thanksgiving this group of guys watches Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Every single year they watch that same movie and then get back together and give their impressions on it. And I've only listened to the first two. And it's already fucking hilarious. I really, really enjoy it. Um, and it's also really funny to listen to the episode from 2016 and hear them complain about how bad 2016 is. And they're like talking oh about God. like how there's because there's like there were some celebrity deaths in 2016. And so mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, people are dropping like flies in 2016. Can't wait for 2016 to be over. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> you have no idea, guys. You have no uh, idea. But that that one's really fun. I'm looking forward to catching up on that. Yeah, lots of good podcasts, lots of good media, lots of good supple content. Well, speaking of podcasts, this week Spotify, you know, gave everybody their uh, what they call wrapped uh, mm. for the year, where they uh, they get to show you all your top artists and songs and and podcasts. And uh, a number of you guys sent us your top five, and you got a whole bunch of amazing friends network shows right in there. And let me tell you. That, uh, that made my week, guys. That made my fucking month, honestly. That was, um, super, super awesome to see. Thank you so much for sharing them with us because you know that, uh, that's the stuff that really gets us going and pushes us to keep making this stuff for you guys. Um, really is. And, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times over for yeah. thank you <laughs> listening so to much. something, uh, that we made so much that it ends up in one of your top five things you listen to in the year. Get the fuck out of here absolutely sometimes even multiple shows we've made oh my god my favorite podcast is the weekly planet and and i and like there was one image where we were fucking in somebody's top five with the weekly planet and i was just like yeah Uh, yeah weekly planet i think we've mentioned it before but weekly planet uh definitely i think um we take a lot of inspiration i think from from james and nick mason and those uh, australian boys yeah and uh that was one of the first things we bonded over was a weekly planet podcast. You, I started listening to it because of you, you recommended it. Yeah. It's good shit. Good shit. It's good shit. Well guys, I think, uh, I think that's going to be it for our supersized supple suggestions episode here. Catching Thank up you with so the much boys. for listening. Um, thanks for catching up with the boys. Thank you for listening to the shows here on the Amazing Friends Network. What are the other ones? You know what they are. Stegman and his Amazing Friends with Ryan Stegman. Devil's Advocates Book Club with Don, uh, Donnie Cates and Megan Hutchinson. And um, we got a website, if you haven't checked it out already. It's SheridanandSmith.com where you'll find some merch. If you want to get yourself a nice Supple Boys shirt. Um, on our, uh, I think on our last... Um, yeah, Connor Grocky had a... Uh, had a crew neck of the Supplesaurus design, and uh, that was awesome. Uh, if you want to get your hands on some sweet, sweet merch, head on over there. Um, well, when did we talk to Connor? Well, we talked to him during our Supple Hangout, our mm. one of our monthly Supple Hangouts that we do. How do you join in on those super fun conversations? We uh, Well, it's an exclusive club. Uh-huh. It is. Um, and how do you do it? Well, you sign up for our Patreon over at patreon.com slash Sheridan and Smith. There's also a link on the website pretty easy to get to it um we got a couple of tiers with a couple of different perks in there um and uh, we absolutely love doing those monthly chats with you guys the supple mm-hmm. folks um and uh we'll be doing another one really soon so you got time to join in and who knows christmas is around the corner so maybe we'll have some sort of christmas surprise for you guys this month um, will we yeah maybe i don't know mm. you never know what's coming our way ho the ho ho way. Oh, ho, 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 ho. 
Yeah, that was pretty good. I think that's a good note to end on. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I'm Griffin. That's Ethan. We're the Supple Boys, and we're here to let you know that you can like what you like as long as you don't be a dick about it. Absolutely. just so that you can edit it back before we set all this quick spoilers for mandalorian because i'd feel really bad if we spoiled it for somebody that actually cares i fucking said spoilers right no i know but we said <laughs> that after bet. we after i said the boba fett line so i'm saying uh, slip this back before that <laughs> i'll have tamar morrison record a spoiler warning for us yeah we'll that sounds really good yeah yeah, yeah. Right, hey supple folks just saying, watch out, there's Mandalorian spoilers <laughs> right up the head there. I'm just a simple man trying not to spoil the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm just a simple man trying to, you know, I'm walking around, I'm trying to I'm trying to say anything but the fact that Boba Fett's pretty fucking sick in this episode. <laughs> He's got like a cool staff that he, that he, yeah. he busts open some stormtroopers' helmets with. He busts open a whole bunch of stormtroopers' helmets and you're like, well, goddamn... Is that that's it, huh? He's he's a pretty badass dude after after Return of the Jedi. But then but then you still get classic Boba Fett stuff. He puts on the armor and you're like, shit. And he blows up a couple of fucking buggers and it's fucking sick, mate. But maybe it's not exactly how he meant to do it, so you're like, he's still a bit of a goose in Oh, uh, he's yeah, they, he's still kinda got a little bit of that in him. Yeah. I love a little continuity. <laughs> Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Yeah.